Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You know, I was thinking about doing some funny bit about how you're not flying high or possibly you're fi- flying high for other reasons because you're so drunk about this this stupid game. I'm Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. The Kist and Solak Show episode, I think, 135, and I'm not, I'm not even sure. But we're going to talk to you about this disgusting, unacceptable 37-10 to 10 loss. Eagles drop one to the Dallas Cowboys, who now have the lead in the division. One team came prepared to play. One team looked ready to play from bell to bell. That was the Dallas Cowboys, not the Philadelphia Eagles. So before I go on for too long, because trust me, I have a lot to say. I'll introduce my co-host, Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-I-K. Ben, do not tell me everything is delicious right now. Mike, I just have I have one burning question Yeah. for these Philadelphia Eagles coming off this 37-10 loss, mm. the Dallas Cowboys. Why does Carson get so red during these games? <laughs> I'm worried about him. He gets bright red. Is, that, is he not hydrating? Is his helmet too tight? I feel very bad for him. He's very flushed. That's how you can tell he's pressing. And he definitely... He didn't w- used to get this running. Listen, there's somewhere... Someone in, you know, Schuylkill has that take. Where it's like, listen, you can tell that Carson's trying too hard by his skin tone. Yeah. I just... I, every time. Like, in this... The, it was the uh, Falcons game. And then it's this game. Is it just night games? I don't know. I don't what know. What is the situation? We thought he got shot up with something in, in the Falcons this game. This is the thing. Yeah, right. This is the thing that matters to me the most. Not, you know everything else jeez ben because everything else is bad dealer's pick here's your choice all right you have four options Mm. worst thing that happened tonight number one Mm. uh nelson aguilar failed catch down the field number two (laughs) giving up the field goal before the half number three uh muff snap turnover Uh. carson uh that or number four finally getting the ball to start the first half and immediately turning it over twice which was the one where you just, you couldn't even understand who you were in yeah. that moment. There were three that were just after the fact affirmations of what was happening. The first one was the, oh, this is what's happening. And that would be the fumble. Because let's 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 run through the opening salvo for this game. Right. Number one, Doug abandons analytics and chooses to take the ball to start the game for the first time in three years. Is that an, is that an analytics thing? Is that really an analytics thing? It is. Yeah, analytics favor deferring. Her points and an extra possession and all that stuff. It's very small, but, you know, Eagles right. take the small edges and, and run with them, typically. I, I guess it's a mental thing with Doug. He wanted to get the team to, to start hot, maybe change the mentality a little bit. Definitely didn't work because then Dallas Goddard is stripped by Jalen Smith on the first drive. Dallas recovers. Tavon Austin is left all alone, all alone on an option play that broke Orlando Skandrick in space. 7 nothing. Lane gets beat for a strip sack. Had a bad game. Dallas recovers. Next play, Zeke trucks Malcolm Jenkins, also had a bad game. Down at the one, next play, touchdown, it's 14-0. They kick off, Sanders receives the kick and hesitates coming out, putting them at the 13-yard line. Stupid mistake. Jeffrey has a drop that's saved by a penalty. So that, that was a, all, all, the, all the sequence of events there. Now, now they get a touchdown after this. Great call, great catch, great throw, and use of the eyes by Wentz on that play. That was one of Wentz's eight throws in the first half. Yippee. But yet again... We got an absolute stinker of a start from a team when you look at it on the whole. And this team just vacillates between 
pressing too hard and having tapioca pudding for brains that's just leaking out of their earballs. This team is clearly and was clearly not ready to play. And that's 100% on the coaching. They've got a problem that's bigger than this game. If they can't get up for a primetime showdown for a division lead with a divisional rival, it is garbage. And they have one week to fix it going into Buffalo before the bye because otherwise their season is probably done. Right. When they were touted as a top three talented team in the NFL. By this podcast. By this podcast and by national media and by everyone around Philly and we all bought into it, right? This team, this staff, this organization smelled their own shit and said, damn, it must be roses. What a failure this has been from top to bottom, T to B. This offense hasn't been the same since the brain drain of Reich leaving and the hubris that they have to think that they had it all figured out and that all of this was fun, that repeating that success would be all gumdrops and lollipops and they'd merely skip their way to another Super Bowl and say, look how much fun we are having. Well, we aren't having fun now. None of us are. In fact, all of us are sick of it. You don't just get to show up on Sundays and have teams lay down for you because you're the mighty, mighty Eagles and everyone thought you were going to be great coming into the season. This whole thing reeks of ego and complacency and there is zero leadership or accountability right now. And you can put that on Doug. You can put that on Carson. You can put it on the vets like Jenkins. And Ben, I'll put it on you to explain to me what the hell is going on with this team because they are disappointing the hell out of us. I have seven things. That's not true, but I have many things. I would like to, for the second week in a row, address how he can't draft. And like, I can't believe here I am. Like, Derek Barnett had a great game. Barnett played a, a, a good ball game. Derek, saved, say, the, Derek yeah. saved a touchdown, in my opinion, yeah. because on that sack he had, I think they were going for Coop one-on-one with Sewell, and there was zero safety help. I'll have to look at the all-22, but... He had a great pass rush on that one. Barnett had a great game. One of his better games recent memory. Goddard had a great game. Fumble early, but besides that, played a really, really good game blocking and receiving. Touchdown was a great catch. Absolutely. Yeah, great catch. Josh Sweat had a good game. Yep. Early pressure. Oh, Isaac Samalo. Samalo had had a generally very impressive game. Excellent on on the sneak. Got low. He's been great on those, but yeah. So four players that Roseman's drafted. And then obviously Carson as well. So it's funny because, and then you can even throw Mills in there. Mills who who is up and down, but Mills who who is back and is clearly better than the other options. Now the other options like Rasul and Senior players that Howie drafted. So there's that. But it's every week it's Howie can't draft. But every week the players use an example are different. <laughs> and he's whoever just played bad, right? So like two weeks ago, you know, against Green Bay when Barnett had like multiple penalties, like. Barnett, like, you know, he can't, he's not getting any sacks, and he's causing penalties, I mean, how he can't draft. And then two weeks later, Barnett had a good, a good game, multiple pressures that became sacks when he was even the desperate we needed it, but how he can't draft because, you know, Sewell had a bad game. You know, Sewell's pretty good against the Packers two weeks ago, right? So, like, you know, there's, uh, so, so there's, there's, can't, there's, you know, again, there's a, there's a hurdle for me to get over with can't draft. And it's the reality of sometimes players struggle. It's the reality of, especially young players are up and down. Which what's, brings, what's the, what's the hurdle that you jump over with this team can't play? This team right. can't get up for games. This team can't be, right. can't be consistent. Well, yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm getting there. I've got a progression. I don't mean, I, I didn't mean to scare yeah, you. Ben. Right. Point number two is I see people upset because the team is too old. And then I see people upset because the young players aren't playing well. I've got news for you. These are mutually exclusive. <laughs> if you want the team to get younger, Howie Roseman's going to draft those players. 
Rosen's not going anywhere anytime soon. He's a good general manager. It's a fact. I'm just here to tell you that. You know, if you think the team is, is playing poorly, you want the team to get older. Well, it's the age of of, of Jason Peters and, and, and Deshaun Jackson and whatnot that people are arguing is why this team is slow and is why this team is, is in, you know, injured. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, he's old, he's slow, he's dealt with injuries, you know, so on and so forth. You know, people complain about the age. So you got to, you know, we got to choose here. You either think the team is too old, you think the team is too young. You got to pick, you got to pick one here because you can't, like, if, if your solution is, we'll just have really good, really young players. My answer to you is, yeah. That's the, everybody's trying, but that's really hard to do. So, you know, usually by the time you figure out if a player is good or not, he's older than he was. This is the reality of, of you know, of, of talent evaluation in the league. So, so there's that. Brings me to number three, which is be careful what you wish for. You and I both know, because we every week we get the feedback on what the Eagles should do, that we've heard the refrains to blitz more. And we've heard the refrains that the Eagles need to run the football. The Eagles blitzed a lot and ran the football a lot, Mike. Neither worked well. Yeah. Neither I mean, we, was we, I, think, I think we've both known that just amping up the blitz isn't right. going to solve a lot of problems. I think, I think we understand yeah, that. Yeah, no, for sure. But this brings me to my point of... You can't have it both ways. You, you, yeah, you can't have it both ways. But then also, like, if the, the changes you want situationally for the, for the Eagles... If the changes you want from a team building and a play calling and a game planning perspective are conditional on the most recent results... You're not going to have a clear message on what the team needs to do because, and this brings me to point number four, which answers the question you asked. This team is losing in different ways every week. And I think of the defense, you can tag it a little more consistently in terms of we know what the problem is. The, The Eagles corners are going to play on islands regardless of how badly that goes for Philadelphia. There is no bottom. There is no, you know, the, the hole is endless. Does not matter how many times they get burned, the Eagles' corners will remain on islands. My theory yep. is because the Eagles need to be plus one in the box. And that's just Jim Schwartz's rule. Wrote about it. That so, so that so that that's a little more clear. And then the other side of it with the defense is you're starting Akeem Spence, Nate Gary, T.J. Edwards, Kamugu J. Hill, Rasul Douglas. You got problems because you've got significant injuries at all three levels of the field. Okay, so the defense is a little more clear cut with the offense. It's just shocking how effectively this team shoots itself in the foot. Yeah. Penalties on third downs from the defense and from the offense. Early fumbles when you're asking the offense to get into a rhythm. Good drives that die on bad third down play calls that just don't make sense in the situations. Uh, You know, like things like the Aguilar drop down the field when you finally get an explosive play and next play becomes a turnover. There's little things that that are that are so like it's it, it's very tough to find a consistent thread. You know, Miles Sanders misses holes. Yeah, but he's 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 dynamic. I mean, he has these these runs and he has these really good receiving plays. You know, Jordan Howard blows a pass protection against the Vikings. Every other time he's good, but it's a key one and a key position and a key down. Yeah. You know, Doug Peterson's an aggressive play caller. Wants to pass the football, but and you just first, go to, you just go to, yeah. from player to player to player right. to player to player, and and these right. things keep popping right. up. And, and right, and you go like. You know, uh, the, the the week that Jason Peters is out and Andre Dillard is in, Lane just has a rough game. Lane just has a bad game. And, like, the thing is, like, humans have bad games. Yeah. It's just this is the one week, Lane, you can't have a bad one. You know, like, but, ah. But this, this, is, this is what I keep going back to with this offense. Can we have one week where one of the players in the offense, and I, skill, I said skill right. position players, but now I'm going to throw it in with the offensive line too because you can throw in Siamalu with the Atlanta game. Can we have one game? 
where there is an offensive player that isn't having the worst day of his effing life. Right. And so this, right. So this, 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 this brings me to what I think is the most important part of uh, the, 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 this postgame pod that I'd like to get, um, I'd like to get out. It is not difficult. I promise you. I, no matter what you are told by any member of the national or Philadelphia media, it is not difficult to watch a team and figure out when the quarterback is the problem. That is not hard. <laughs> watch Chicago, yeah. my friends. That's the problem. Right. Yeah. Watch Oakland. And that's the thing is like, nobody is watching Atlanta, who's one in six. And, and Matt Ryan went down with injury. But nobody's watching Atlanta and going, man, the problem's Matt Ryan. Right. Nobody's watching the Chargers, who are two and five. You go, man, the problem's Phillip Rivers. Because it's not. It is not hard to watch a football team when the quarterback is the problem and identify that he is the problem. It's very plainly obvious. That's the nice thing about quarterbacking. You touch the ball on every play. You you affect every single play. It is not hard to figure out when you are a net negative for your team. With the Eagles, the, the, the Carson did not have one of his best games. Primetime situation, NFC East opponent. These are situations in which Carson tends to have rough games. And he had a rough game. That's something we can have a conversation about. I'm there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the work you've got to do, if you're trying to convince yourself that Carson's the issue with the offense, is 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 Herculean. The effort and the hoops that you've got to jump through if you want to make a case for this team would have won this game if Carson played better. This is a twenty-seven point deficit. Yeah, quick. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean like it's it's it, yeah. I mean like you you uh I, I don't know what player you could have put in place of Carson and the Eagles would have won this game or even like put up a fight. It's been it's been the situation t- and and we saw this with with Russell Wilson today. The team needs him to be perfect. When he is not perfect, they lose badly. And sometimes they lose anyway. Right. And that's the kind of the expectations that has been put on Carson, probably unfairly. And Carson obviously hasn't lived up to that. I mean, how can how can you? Now, here's my problem, Ben, because I, I alluded to this earlier before, when I was talking about this, this team and, and the leadership and smelling their own crap and thinking it's roses and, and all this stuff and the expectations put on them and, and they're not living up to it. There seems to be something that's not on field that's going on with this team. And you've got the leaks and all this stuff, and there's rumblings, that, you know, all this stuff under the water that we don't have access to, and we don't know for sure. This team has a leadership problem at some level. And like I said, whether it's Doug, whether it's Carson, whether it's Malcolm Jenkins, whether it's Jason Peters, whether it's the coaching staff from Jim Schwartz to Mike Groh, these guys are not ready to play. They're not ready to execute. It's not happening for them. They are not playing like a team. Right. And so, so if there is yeah. something going on with Carson, it's not on field. It might be off field. And I'm not trying to throw any crazy speculation out there. But someone, something is going on with this team. Right. Because it's either hubris or ego or something. Because we already won a Super Bowl and we're having so much fun. This team is not ready to play as a cohesive unit in these types of situations. And it shows up in these past two years, showing up a whole lot. They play teams that they're a lot better than. Better. What do we always talk about? Better coach, better quarterback, better talent. How many teams where we checked all three of those boxes have this Eagles team in the past two years lost to? A few. Too many? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, that, like, so that's what that's where like this is a situation again. You know, uh, I to me like problems stemming up from everywhere, hither and thither. It's tough to figure out where it's going to be from. You just got embarrassed by a, a divisional opponent in a game that not wasn't like a must win or anything like that, but you know it was huge playoff leverage as NBC kept pointing out. Yeah. Regardless of of like you know to what extent things are Doug Peterson's fault, the buck stops with Doug Peterson. You are the head coach. Yeah. So when your team is unprepared, as the Eagles were, to play against the Dallas Cowboys, when you have multiple instances of the incorrect number of players on the field, which is crazy to me, and that's right. that's what I'm that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Underprepped and 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 not motivated to go out and play a football game, and that that stuff shows up in those types of situations. What did you say earlier on Twitter? They had more. Yeah, mo- at, at, at the half they had had. Uh, uh, two plays on which they had the incorrect number of, of defenders on the field and one third down stop. <laughs> You're not going to win the football game. It's like the fourth or fifth time that's right. happened. What is going on with the staff? Two plays were uh, the touchdown of Blake Jarwin, the uh, uh, kick, the 63-yard field goal. They had 10 guys on the field. Jesus. And there's a guy out there counting, or should be. Yeah. <laughs> I think the guy who's job. supposed to be out there counting is the one who didn't. Who wasn't there? But anyway, this is not even a matter. It's just a just a microcosm of the season, right there. Right. So so Buck stops with Doug Peterson. Okay. Yeah. What is necessary? What is the move here? Because there's there's no like you know like don't get third down penalties. Don't get key penalties on big plays. <laughs> don't right, well, you're, yeah. right. Well, your 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 players who who are getting these penalties are like you know you got one from Malcolm Jenkins. You got one from like Lane Johnson. These are your best players. Not like you got bad players out there, right? Uh, you know, Jim Schwartz, you know, tighten up the defense. Well, you know, Doug, I've got a backup corner. I've got multiple backup linebackers. I mean, Nate Gary, Camus, TJ Edwards, it was a complete nightmare. The Cowboys were just crossing routes, running back flat routes. Let's see if these linebackers can do anything. No, they can't. you be Kaye, screen, screen, screen. Like, you know what I mean? And then, you know, Jimbo's not calling a great defense and maybe we can get a little more into my, my concerns with, with, with the defensive play we're calling gonna. in this game specifically later. Yeah. We, yeah. But right. Gonna. And then you, you turn to, you turn to your, your wide receivers and you go, guys, you guys need to be able to make a play for Carson. And then it's a, well, you got to, you know, call more passing plays and Carson's got to stop tucking the ball and running and he took three sacks in the first half. And yeah. you know, like the, the, the play designs are pretty, um, I guess we talked about pretty white bread. The Eagles are running some pretty basic route trees here. There's not a ton of deception, easy stuff going on, whatever. So all this going on to say that, like, if there's not one spot where, you know, this is the weakness, let's excise it, right? Like, as many people have said, corner doesn't, like, you know, Eagles add Jalen Ramsey. They wouldn't have solved their problems this week, right? You know, like, like you, there are more problems in the corner play. So what do you do? I hesitate to say this. Because I think it requires thought and nuance. You don't want to do something for the sake of doing something. But you might have to do something for the sake of doing something. Because Mm -hmm. if you go in to next week with no significant changes made Mm -hmm. in terms of personnel, in terms of, 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 of methodology, who's calling plays, who's organizing this, what's the script, so on and so forth. If you don't make a change, is there a reason to expect different results? Speaking specifically from the offensive side here, i.e., should you fire Mike Grow? Yes or no? Well, let's say no. Let's say you shouldn't fire Mike Grow. Well, if you keep him and the offense continues to be bad, now you know you're going to continue to have another week. We have to defend Mike Grow, defend Mike Grow, defend Mike Grow. And eventually, when you fire him, well, you fired him too late and you lost the 2019 season as a result. Is there a better option than Mike Grow on the team? I don't really know. The Eagles have a first-year wide receiver coach. 
They got a, a, a first-year quarterback coach who was a QA assistant last year. Mm-hmm. It's probably Deuce Staley, who we are not the biggest fans of Deuce Staley on this podcast. So is yeah. there a better option? Maybe not. But you might need – you like if, if you want to salvage the 2019 season, you need to shock the team a little bit. You you, you might need to make a, a bit of a tectonic move. You know, like Is there anybody in the offense you want to bench? Sure, Nelson Aguilar. But what, are you going to give more snaps to Mike Hollins? Already, Matt Collins has taken 115 offensive snaps without a target the last three weeks. That's not an exaggeration. Yeah. The last three weeks, he's taken over 100 offensive snaps and has not seen a target. Like, you know, but maybe, you know, that he's doing more with not targets than Aguilar is doing with targets. So, so what? Do you bench Aguilar? Do you trade Aguilar for like a conditional seventh? Do you just get him out of the building the way you did with Zach Brown? Like, so, so I think when you're, when you're Peterson, who by no means is Peterson anywhere near like questionable job security, right? No, people, all. people are saying like fire dog. He's not, he's yeah. a good head coach. And I'm saying there might, there might be a, a problem with his message, not translating with this team right, right now, but there have been instances in the past where he got it right and he fixed it and he knows more than anybody else how to fix it right now. It's not fixed. He needs to do it. It's, 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 it's on him. I have more faith in him than literally anyone else in that organization to get that part right. Yeah, so it's it, what what are you going to do? I don't know. And like Peterson has to figure that out. And maybe it's clear for Peterson because when you're on the inside, like maybe it is like you know, like just like simply like micro has not worked, and now it, this is yeah. the final straw. That's what he would. In that case, right? He like, would like, know more than we. Yeah, yeah exactly. But you, you're at a point where after Minnesota. And after this game, now back-to-back, like you said, going into the bye week, and maybe you go through the Bills week so that you have the bye week to kind of do a thing, right? right? You kind of got to do something because eventually you got to make a move because the buck stops with you and and you're responsible for continued struggles. Now, putting that right there, and maybe we're throwing it to break, I don't know, but putting that right there, I said the, the struggles from Minnesota and from Dallas. Well, guess what? Eagles gave up 38 points to Minnesota and 37 points to Dallas. So, yeah, Peterson should probably do something from the offensive side. But, man, Eagles, uh, Warren Sharp had the sharp football in front of the pod. Eagles have given up 20 points in the first half five times in seven weeks. First time it's happened in 30 years, Mike. There's problems on the offensive side. If we're talking about which unit is more responsible, it's the defense. Oh, And we are going to talk about that when we come back here on the Kissed and Solak Show. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Kissed and Solak Show recap pod of the Eagles' 37-10 loss against the... Don't even want to say it. I'm Michael Kissed with Benjamin Solak. We're talking about this loss. And now we need to talk about the defense. Because Jim Schwartz, Ben... Are you ready for this take? Yeah, hit me with it. Do you, do you, do you think you know what it is? Yes. Don't say what it is, but do you think you know what it is? Yes. It's time to fire Jim Schwartz. There it is. Yeah. I disagree. Okay, we're in week seven. The defense has given up 27, 24, 27, 27, six to the Jets. Yeah, way to stop Luke Falk. 38 points to the Minnesota freaking Vikings. And now the Dallas Cowboys, you let them get what, 27 first half points? 27 20, first half, yeah. 27 first half, 37 total. Brother, it's gotten to a point where, and you know me, I have given a lot of credit to Schwartz for a lot of different things. Rams game last year I talked endlessly about in the offseason. I thought he did, it was his masterpiece, one of his best jobs. This season, what has he done 
other than stack a freaking box because, okay, next-gen stats, for instance, next-gen stats notes. Ezekiel Elliott faced light box only two of 22 attempts, 9.1% season low against the Eagles defense designed to stop the run. This is what they do. They stack the box more than any team in the NFL. They are a pass funnel defense. Elliott averaged a season high 5.6 yards gain and was stuffed for no gain on just one of 22 attempts. So number one, bad defensive performance, which usually isn't typical for a Jim Schwartz defense. Usually they do a pretty good job of stopping I mean, like, the run, right? Akeem, like it's it's Akeem Spence, Nate Gary, and and whatever the heck the other which is fine. T.J. Edwards. And I don't even care about yeah. that. That's not even what I'm talking about. I don't I don't care that Ezekiel Elliott averaged 5.6 yards per game. I care about the fact that this team continues continues with Shorts to load up the box, not give their cornerbacks help. There isn't a single cornerback on this team that has not, and maybe this comes down to Corey Unlin too, that does not bite on double moves, that does not give up deep posts, that does not give up deep streaks. They are bad at it. They are horrible at it. They give up gigantic swaths of space. And maybe it's on the coaching too that every single linebacker in this doggone system takes the cheese on every single play-action pass. I gave you the stat coming into this week. What was that, 138 quarterback rating against against play-action coming into this game? That included the Jets that had a freaking pick six that they shouldn't even had because it was underthrown. That's terrible. Teams know how to beat this defense. They made zero change in the past few weeks on how to change that. Zero change in helping their cornerbacks. Zero change in allowing the most separation in the league for wide receivers on the outside. They were the worst team in the league at covering up wide receivers on the outside, and it's for a darn good reason. And they haven't done anything to Carson, this. Car- Carson to Dave Zangara of NBCS, quote, when I threw it, I thought we had a touchdown. Carson went on the deep ball to Aguilar. Yeah. Talk yeah. your mess! Big spicy! I thought Aguilar should have done a lot more of that. He put his hands out for a second, brought him back in. I had no idea what was going on. At least lay out for it. I don't know. I want to see a better angle of it, but the angle I saw of it, Aguilar should have done something oh, a little bit more than he did. And he's been quote. he's been bad at the deep. And you know what? Fine, good for Carson for finally calling some. Excuse me for finally calling out somebody on this team. Big spicy, I'm so here for not doing their doggone job because he's had to do it on his own all season. I will never log off. Defense, Jim Schwartz. Back to the defense. Fire My- Jim. Sh- Fire Jim Schwartz, brother. My, here's my question. Well, okay, okay. I don't. I, and I don't, look. I don't want to hear who you're gonna bring in, because brother, what we have going on right now, any sort of change is a welcome change. Because he's not getting through this defense. He's not scheming it up well. He's not changing anything. I don't care if you got to rotate. Court. This this defense bust more than any other defense, man. I'm sick and tired of seeing it. They were in cover zero blitz near the near in the in the in the red zone. They got Orlando Skandrick playing eight yards eight yards off outside leverage. Where do you think that throw is going when you're eight yards off? That, you have the entire right. middle of the field. That's got to that, be that rep was amazing. Kidding. The rep where I got into Fire Jim Schwartz territory was third and twelve. It was one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen in my life. Third and twelve. It was the Eagles. It was when they had just scored. So I believe it was ten to twenty-seven. Uh, third and ten, it's twelve from the Dallas thirty-eight. Eagles got come up. Four down linemen, two linebackers, sugar in the A gaps. As a four wide sets, oh, they got geez. four corners about five yards off, and then a deep safety. And actually, it's a three by one set. It, it, excuse me. It's originally three by two, and the Eagles had no player over 
Tony Pollard when he was lined up as a wide receiver. There's no one there. So it's Jalen Mills alone over two receivers. He's frantically waving for somebody. And then Pollard motions into the backfield, which, like, quote-unquote solves the issue. But anyway, on third and 12, the Eagles basically told Dallas, listen, we have nobody in the middle of the field right now who will be able to react to and run to any play outside, right? We might bail to the middle of the field, and they did because it's simulated pressure. It's one they've ran before, as a matter of fact. Like, it's on tape pretty regularly. But, like, not only will we, not only do we do, you know, we have nobody, we, we, we're giving you a look you've already seen, none of our defenders can go help to the outside right now because they're all up on the line of scrimmage. So the Cowboys ran a wide receiver screen on third and 12 and picked up 14 yards in, like, the easiest fashion. Like, just, like, 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 I, like, Kellen Moore must have looked at that and, like, you know, like, done the thing in the cartoons where you, like, rub your eyes really hard and then you look again. Are you sure? Is this real? <laughs> Am I alive? You, you wouldn't even see that in most other defensive coordinators. That wouldn't even be a thought that was had. So that that was my low point with Schwartz. But and this is I made this point in the last podcast. And I'm still here. Oh, Deshaun Jackson's out for the offense, and we, as we've discussed, that's a big deal because of what Deshaun brings. He's an elite player in one of the uh, hugely important roles in the offense. But you'd like to see him be able. You know, you'd like to see the offense be able to do more than him there. The Eagles offense is just simply bleeding. Three to four corners. I don't really know the situation with Sidney Jones. Like Ronald Darby, Cravon LeBlanc, Avante Maddox, and half of Sidney Jones. Not playing. You know, you're starting linebackers from early in the season. One's been cut, the other's out with injuries. So you're starting linebacker three and four. And Kamuguje Hill and Nate Gary. You you traded LJ, excuse me, you cut LJ Fort. You added Duke Riley. Riley isn't even getting on the field. Linebacker. Okay defensive line you 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 sign Malik Jackson to be your, your pass rusher from the interior from the the, the interior next Fletcher Cox he goes down in the beginning of the year Timmy Jernigan he's injured now it's a key it's a son retreat to Keen Spence Richard goes down for a little bit it's Keen Spence you signed off the street like I, I I there's with the with the 11 that are available to you it's hard to imagine a defense that does well just period. Now, you can do better than 37 points. You can do better than some constant third down busts, constant third down penalties. You can do better than regularly giving up explosive plays in the exact same way. I will not relinquish my point that Jim Schwartz is very fine with just losing in the exact same way every single week without even trying to implement a solution. And, and you have backups in and you're not making an effort to change anything to make their lives easier. Right, yeah. so you're running a system that doesn't work with the starters, and then worse players get in, and you run the same system. Well, you're gonna get even worse results. So and remember, and remember, it was Malcolm Jenkins that had to go to Schwartz last year and tell him, "Hey, brother, we are drowning out here. You need to simplify this." Right. That was with worse players. You know, like th- those frustrations for me that are very real with Jim Schwartz. But like, you know, when you do not have the 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 cornerback personnel, even when healthy, to play man to man coverage. At all. It's hard to run any sort of successful defense. Who gives it? But but look, but look. What they're running isn't disrupting anything to allow the pass rush to get home. At least allow the pass rush. There is zero chance for this. Jimmy Schwartz says says the coverage needs to be better for the pass rush to get home. Let somebody stick somebody at the line. You're playing eight yards off. You're playing in Wyoming. We're playing in Florida. What's going on? Do something about it. Right. No, and like that thing is like, again, like you can... Put these guys in a situation where they're more likely to be successful. I just, you know, I do firmly believe that Amari Cooper versus Rasul Douglas, no matter what you do, is going to be advantage Amari pretty much all the time. 
Yeah, no, right. no, for sure. And I'm, and I'm, but I think you know, I recognize that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. We both said you're going to need to give help to Rasul against Amari Cooper. Did he get a whole lot of help on that double move? I saw, I saw middle of the field safety struggling to get over there. Yeah, well, Ronnie, they, they started with a three, uh, three receiver nub set. They motioned yep. Cooper, and yep. so. Roddy was shady, didn't get back to the middle of the field. And then even then, you know, Cooper's weak side. As 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 uh Chris Collinsworth very nicely detailed on the uh the Hey, hey, who cares? Bracket them. Find a way to give your sure. corner some help. I mean, they never right. do. They bracket never them, do. Bracket them means go split safety. And how long we've been asking for this team to just try going split safety. So this for this is what day. I'm saying. Can can any replacement level coordinator, we use a replacement level a lot, I'm gonna use it for coordinator. Can any yeah. replacement level coordinator come in and get the same Dumb results from this team. Right, it's not like they're gonna get worse. <laughs> there you go. So I right, and that's and so that's my thing is like again, and like maybe if if we're making the argument that the buck, which I claim starts with Doug Peterson, starts really with like Harry Roseman or Jeff Lurie, then sure. I mean, like, but the thing is, like, you can't bring in a whole different hire defensive coordinator. You have to promote somebody with what? Like, it's going to be your defensive line coach is a first-year guy. <laughs> they're going to promote Corey Unlin. Yeah, they're going to promote Unlin. <laughs> I was going to say, Unlin's the clear candidate for promotion. He's your corners coach. For those of you who don't know, Corey Unlin anybody. is the defensive backs coach and specifically on the corners. So, yeah. it's, Jeez. you know, like, there's not there's not good solutions there. The, but maybe, um, you know what, honestly, maybe he has different ideas because there is a gigantic disconnect between the technique they use and the scheme they use. Who so knows, may- right? Like, you know, we'll it's- see. Why is Carson... Oh, my gosh. I just saw Carson's wearing post-game. This dude was going to go kill someone for the mafia. Anyway, <laughs> listen. I-, I think that, like, yeah, I think to me, like, if you want to circle the area in which I think there's consistent failure everywhere for Philly, it's positional coaches, right? I mean, like, again, like, go circling back to our conversation last week, which a lot of you gave really positive feedback on kind of the way that we approached the Minnesota game and the minute recap and some of the frustrations. You got ID for me. Like, besides Stoutland and the offensive line, where are players getting better? Where are young players improving on this team? And that's the hubris that I was talking about at the, at the, at the top of the show. The hubris to think, we have everything that we need inside of the building. Right. We'll just promote everybody. We lose right. We lose DiFilippo. We'll promote everybody. They can figure it out because we have it figured out. You you don't have it figured out. It's very obvious that it's not figured out because nobody's getting better. Eagles can't fix the problem with their slow starts. They haven't been able to since last year. They were the, what, 30th ranked EPA offense for early scripting last year. Don't look a whole lot better this year. Right. Doug Peterson's supposed to be a doggone genius, and I think he's a very good offensive coach. Right. And a bugaboo for him big time. You cannot, you cannot consistently be down this much every single right. freaking game. And I don't care how it happens because honestly, at this point, it's been so many times. Who cares? Something's got to be done with this staff. You're either a product of a coaching tree or you're producing a coaching tree, right? Like that's the right. two states of being for a coach. Correct. Like right now, Peterson's a product of the Reed tree. Yes. Reed, he is not producing coaches. Correct. Right. Yeah. So Reed, who is, you know, part of, product of the Holmgren tree became, you know, like Harbaugh and, you know, whatever, McDermott, if you want to throw McDermott in there. And, you know, the, he, you know, produced his own offshoots and then Peterson in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not One giving the, Peterson right. credit for Frank Reich and DeFilo. He, he had him for what? Right. He had him for a year. Two two years? Yeah. yeah. We had Reich. Yeah, yeah, for two years. Right. Yeah. And so that, and so, right. So, I mean, like you, you know, so Reich, you know, if you want to call him an offshoot of Peterson, that's fine. Like, you know, I, I won't dispute you that if you want to, like the extent to which Peterson made him. I don't know. I just, he served under Peterson, and yeah. you know, there's clear similarities in the, in the offense or whatever. It's yeah. it, right. What it what it comes down to for me is 
do you look like what are the qualities you look for in a head coach or like you know like i you know every year when when you know the Bengals are going to fire their head coach or you know whatever the reds are going to fire their head coach what are you looking for well it's the next you know guy who can design these great offenses sean McVay, and you know in the jalen ramsey situation we talked about it's got to be a guy who can, uh, you know, lead, you know, big personalities and can keep a locker room together. And, you know, Peterson's was brought in for the emotional intelligence or whatever. You also got to be able to either hire or develop a coaching staff that, that supports you. Because yeah. the idea that a head coach alone can do enough in, you know, the 168 hours of a week to prepare for and beat every other team is, is is folly. You have to be able to surround yourself with assistants who can help you do the work. You need to be able to be a, a full integrated coaching staff unit. So for Peterson, if you have a question about him as a coaching as a coach right now, it's you were brought in, you were given Staley, everybody else has been yours. Reich turned out great. DeFilippo was kind of like known. You know, he's an offensive coordinator for multiple years and he comes back to be a quarterback's coach. But Deflava turned out well. Once you lost those guys, yeah, the interior promotions just simply have not had a positive effect. You've got to be able to find good assistant coaches from across the league and bring them in. Or if you're gonna promote press and grow, Better you've got to right. make them into something. Yeah. You know, you've got to be able to start producing fruits on your own tree. So nobody nobody's trying to hire Mike Rowe away. You know, the scripting is bad. Well, I would argue the best descriptor, Sean Payton, don't do it because they themselves are really good, but they're good at getting a staff together and orienting a staff and pointing a staff such that as a unit, as a team, they get together a good script. Because you can't just have like, there's only so many hours in a day. Head coach got to sleep and got to eat. It's not just him who produces it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you're you're at a point where, you know, it, it, like it, Peterson's script should be better. I think the improvement there isn't, you know, work harder at the scripts. It's, Get better coaches around you. Get better minds around you Ideas, to get through yeah. the, the defensive film. Right, bring in other guys from other systems. Something we talked about last year. All the Eagles guys are just intrinsic build guys, but you're not getting new ideas from the same think tank, right? So right. this, these are the, that's the concern with, with, with the coaching staff for me. I don't know. Like I again, like looking down the bye, like I wouldn't expect them to make a big move right now. But win or lose in Buffalo, you gotta somebody. Lurie, Peterson, Howie, trade deadline also coming up for Howie, has to be willing to make a, a a move large enough in seismic effect such that the team can believe, okay, things are going to be different now than they have been the past few weeks. You mentioned you mentioned the trade deadline. I want to get to a few things before we get to uh, three words from the listeners because I, I want to get this out there. We don't need to riff on it too much. But first, uh, Deshaun Jackson, we haven't talked about it on this pod. I wanted to throw it, out, throw it up there. His status is on shaky ground. And we know that he, at the very least, at no point in the season, is going to be 100%. So if you didn't hear it before, now you heard it. Second, Adam Schefter said that the Eagles are in the wide receiver market. Uh, I've been a, a proponent of making another call on Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson, who the Eagles really liked last year, and try to make a call on and try to trade for before they ended up going for Tate. Schefter said that with the Broncos being dog crap and that they'd uh, be willing to ship Emmanuel Sanders and listed the Eagles among a handful of teams that also included Panthers, Patriots, 49ers, and others. Third, the Jaguars reportedly gave the Eagles a chance to match the Rams offer for Jalen Ramsey. The Eagles said, thanks, but no thanks, sticking to the guns of their initial offer, which was the first and a second. Fourth, hearing a lot about Chris Harris Jr., 
I don't know how credible the source is. I don't know who it was. I've never heard of him before, but the Eagles are actively pursuing quarterbacks and wide receivers to help their situation. So we should see some movement on that soon, probably. We'll have you covered with our takes on those players, those trades, film breakdowns, all that stuff, both on BleedingGreenNation.com and here on the BGN feed. Let's go to three words. We had an early submission from a guy that says we never read his, uh, yeah. his and because words. he said that, we're not going to read his. Ha <laughs> ha! No, I'm just kidding. That'd be mean. That'd be mean. <laughs> Savage at MD Savage sixty three says, "Look, you guys never read my three words, but I'm giving giving them to you right now. Heads should roll." So going into yep. the talk that, that okay. we had, so wait, someone's got to go. Everybody, wait. Have you looked at how many responses there are to the main tweet? No, I haven't. I have not either. Prices? No, not prices. Right rules because there's two of us. Okay, whoever's closest wins. Say your guess on three. You ready? After mm-hmm. three. So one, two, three, guess. Okay? Okay. One, two, three. Five, 555. Eight, four. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and it is 456. You win. Wow, we were low. Okay. I guess people are asleep. Yeah. Cowards. But people don't want to talk about this. At Fly Dan Fly, uh, Dan, uh, this is this wasn't delicious. In parentheses, sorry, Ben. This is five words, which is not three. Uh, parentheses don't just make the words disappear. They're actually there. And also, I think I would have known it was within context of what I usually say. But no, this was uh, this was not delicious. Everything is delicious, but this particular thing <laughs> was not delicious. Longtime listener Alex Arizzo at J Arizzo with two Z's there says four is more than six. He says three words, two numbers. I guess that works. That's, that's pretty clever because he did it in the actual number ah, four. Ah, right. Digit yeah. four is more than digit six. <laughs> Genius. That's the new rally. That's the workaround. Yeah. Right. From the Kiss and Soul Act show 133, which is entitled Six is More Than Four, Jim. Referring to the fact that nobody stacks the box more than Jim Schwartz right now. We have a, we have a, we have multiple. We have a four is less than six. Oh, I didn't Do see we? this quote. Uh, Marcus Hayes, uh, who's at the Daily News in Dallas, says, uh, Elliot said, uh, quote, honestly, we don't give a f- what Doug Peterson says. And Jesus. Quote. <laughs> All right, Zeke. And a boy. Pop Rog at Rajimoto says, bring me Gruden. Also, Zay at Will underscore Yams. With two S's says hire Jay Gruden. A lot of people out there wanting Jay Gruden, right. and you know what? I'm all for it. If you want to bring him in for a year, get some new ideas. I'm in. Fed up the chain. I am 100 percent in because the guy knows how to use athletic tight ends. Mm-hmm. The guy knows how to dial up shot plays. Just because he was in Washington and Washington freaking stinks, Gruden was the only decent part about that organization. And me and you, this is not a new take. Me and you have constantly defended him, saying that the only things getting them through anything is. Jay Gruden scheming them to wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the real Dick Finn. Hello. <laughs> I love his pick, by the way. Did you see his, his avatar is yeah, a uh, is a penis on a fin. Uh, <laughs> fire the coordinators. Bill Fry at infamous Bill Fry. Fire both coordinators. Uh, okay, Kevin Tucker. I want to address this. Uh, KTJ eight five four six says sellers not buyers question mark. I do not anticipate the Eagles selling players at the trade deadline. Again, except this, for is a, this is a uh, right, except for Aguilar. This is a uh, again, a, you can't have it both ways situation. Uh, if the Eagles are bad and their players are not good, it will be hard to sell them. Right yeah. now, there are situational players, Aguilar being one, who wants to pay nine point four million dollars for him to not be good for you. Anybody? Any takers? Any takers? Oh wow, no this didn't work. I have seen Ertz's name floated around. No. Which, that's healthy. 
Did we see how this team looked when they were yeah. heavy 11 personnel? I'm about to say, remember, when Ertz leaves the field, another wide receiver goes on it. So, and who was that? Right, nice. bad. Yeah. Uh, Christy at Lady Shucks says, Don't be Schwartz to Buffalo. Whereas Christy clearly believes removing spaces means I won't notice that there's more than three words. Un- she, got a, uh, she, slipped, she slipped it by anyway. Unsuccessful. What about what about Tim Koala at Koala underscore Tim? Tank for Ruggs. Talking about Henry Ruggs, the guy that basically runs a four flat over at Alabama. But he's got, the, he's got a serious case of the scoots, Ben. But that, the Ruggs is going to be gone. Number one, he's an ultra-competitive guy. The NFL is going to love him. He's going to freaking fly at the combine. If we're looking for a deep threat, right. you're probably looking at K.J. Hamler from Penn that State. That young man, let me tell you. Kid's a blur. Can scoot. Also, uh, you know, Jalen Ragor from T- TSU. How do you say it? Jalen I'm not Rieger. his biggest fan. Yes, J- Jalen Rieger. Yeah, yes. he's explosive. He just he he can't he can't track. So no. that's a problem. Uh, Panetta <laughs> Math. Yeah. Uh, at Panetta Math, Vincent Panetta says bed before ten. Uh, he tweeted this 51 minutes ago, <laughs> which is. 11, hey, maybe he's West Coast. I was about to say, it's 11.30 on the East Coast there, Tiger. Yeah. So you, you better, better stay be up and listen to this podcast. Mountain or later, sir. Otherwise, yeah. you've been found out. Yeah. Uh, I like this one from uh, at Tim D. Smith 15, Tim Smith. Uh, whole damn team. And it's a picture of Kelsey in the Mummer outfit. Feels like a long time ago, but he's very right. Everything, again, like this is the, this is the you know, like, you know, from a, like, looking at it from an analyst perspective not a fan the interesting thing is like why is everything going wrong right like mm. every like this was such a one step forward two step back game and that's just like you know bad execution everywhere like things just got worse and it snowballed and it was bad blah, 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 blah. why it's very interesting yeah, yeah. that's anyway. an interesting thought and it's something that as at Foles's burner points out uh trades won't fix that's just three words i agree i mean like one or two trades i don't think fixes this team there is a bigger problem it is not just the talent, the talent they have in the building. We all know they have a lot of talent on this team. They are not executing. And man, there was something going on with the message or, or, or the leadership or whatever, as I've alluded to several times in this podcast. Ben, oh man, I'm, I'm going to give you, you, you can only say the name and then you have to say goodbye to the gentle listeners. You have one choice to vote off the island. Who are you voting off the island between Jim Schwartz and Mike Groh? Then See, say wait, goodbye to the gentle listeners. This, no, is, this a- is what we're doing. This is my show. The only time I'm ever going to pull that card on wow. you. Wow. Because I am upset, and you are not upset enough. Right. I'll, I, I'll fire Grow. I think it's easier to pull off midseason. Um, and I think it, it's. I think that there's enough. I think there's a better case for Schwartz to say, listen, like, my defense really has not been healthy. Like, I, the corners I've been playing with are literally multiple street free agents. Like, you know, I've, I've been able to put out better defenses before. Let's figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. I told you just to say the right. name and say goodbye, but you're too valuable to the show. So that was that was a that was an oh, empty threat. I wasn't listening because <laughs> I was shocked while you were saying that. I was literally typing out a poll. We did not talk about this beforehand, and oh, my boy. poll is: you can only do one: fire micro or fire Jim Schwartz. I didn't even see that. Yeah, I literally just sent it. This is amazing. We're so we're on the same wavelength. God, it's like we're finishing each other's sentences. Thank you as always for listening to the Kiss and Solak show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Uh, the Eagles lost to the Dallas Cowboys 37 to 10. They are Ugh. three and four on the year. They are now oh excuse me, one and one in the division. And let's see if I can do quick math. In the NFC, 
they exclusively played and no the Jets. They are three, two and four uh, in the NFC right now. Buffalo coming up this week, which is a weird one. Buffalo, a team with a great record that has mostly played bad teams. Are they about to play another bad team in Philadelphia, or will the Eagles try to get into the bye week at 500 and see if they can reset? So it's an interesting one. Uh, it's going to be a week for trade deadline rumors, my dear friends. It's going to be a week for maybe some personnel moves, some significant press conferences. So you do want to keep it you know, uh, oriented. You do want to keep your eyes on the feed, BGN Radio, the recap show here. You'll also get a All-22 recap show from us. You'll get BGN Radio main show with Brandon Lee Gowan, May He Forever Rain, and Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, and, of course, you'll get the Buffalo preview shows as well uh, later in this week. If you do enjoy the feed, even in your sadness, wallowing in your grief, despairing at the state of Philadelphia sports, remember uh, Sixers this Wednesday, I think, maybe Thursday. But anyway... Uh, as you wallow, go ahead and wallow in a five-star review for the show. We're trying to feed our families here. And, you know, if the season is abridged to only 17 weeks, we need all the cheddar we can get. So five-star reviews, rate and subscribe uh, if you enjoyed the show. He's Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. He is, I'm Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning. Expect an All-22 review where we will really actually be able to get to see if that Nelson Aguilar deep ball was catchable or not. <laughs> we all we got. We all we need. Until we fire somebody. We don't need all of you. <laughs> wow. Fly, Eagles, fly.